Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The word of the Lord that engages our minds comes from the Gospel of St. John that's appointed for this, the second Sunday in Lent. I invite you to be seated. Will you pray with me? Lord God, Heavenly Father, as we come before you in this hour now to hear again your holy word, we ask that you would open our hearts and minds that our thoughts and meditations would be pleasing and acceptable in your sight. In the name of Christ, we pray. Amen. How do you determine the smartest man in the room? Don't look at me. <laughs> um, back when the telegraph, for those of you of a young generation, that's uh, how messages were sent electronically with signals of dots and dashes, not your phones. But... Um, that was the fasted method of communicating long-distance communications. A young man applied for a job as a Morse code operator. And answering an ad in the newspaper, he went off to the address that was listed in the ad. And when he arrived, uh, he entered a large, busy office that was filled with all kinds of noise and chatter, including the sound of the telegraph in the background. There was a sign on the receptionist's counter instructing job applicants to fill out a form and then wait until they were summoned to enter the inner office. The young man filled out his form, sat down with the seven other applicants in the waiting area and waited. And then after a few minutes, the young man stood up. He crossed the room to the door to the inner office and walked right in. Now, naturally, of course, the other applicants perked up, wondering what was going on. They muttered amongst themselves that they hadn't heard any summons yet, and they assumed that the young man had gone into the office, who had made a mistake now, and that would disqualify him. Within a few minutes, however, the employer escorted the young man out of the office and said to all the other applicants, Gentlemen, thank you very much for coming, but the job has been fulfilled. And the other applicants, of course, began to grumble to each other. And one of them finally spoke up saying, Now hold on just a minute, I don't understand. He was the last to come in, and we never even got a chance to be interviewed. And yet he got the job. That's just not fair. How does that happen? The employer said, I'm sorry, but the last several minutes while you were busy sitting here chatting and comparing your expertise with each other, the telegraph has been ticking out the following message in Morse code. If you understand this message, then come right in. The job is yours. <laughs> None of you heard it or understood it. This young man did, and he got the job. We're so busy living in a world that is full of noise and clatter, just like that office. People are distracted. We're unable to hear the still, small voice of God as he speaks in creation, in the scriptures, and in the life and work of Jesus Christ. We think we know all we need to know about God. We've checked off our boxes. Perhaps we were confirmed at a young age and figured we never needed to pick up God's holy word again. But we tinker and we mess around with God's holy 
word. We add to it things that were never intended to be added to it. And we justify our sinful actions and try to make our excuses and our work as the thing that now God looks to and looks for for salvation. We listen to all the other voices of the culture surrounding us that tells us how we are to live now as Christians versus God's holy word. So I ask you, are you listening? Do you hear the Lord when he speaks to you? Nicodemus remained silent. He stopped talking. He stopped asking questions and he listened. He simply listened to Jesus. And that was his smartest move yet. As we journey further into this season of Lent, and to help us in our journey over the next few weeks, we run into people in Scripture who we find out are just like us. A smart man, a thirsty woman, a blind beggar, a grieving sister. Four very different people in four very different situations. One of them appears in each of the four readings from the Gospel of St. John appointed during the next month. And each of them encountered our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Each of them was changed by Jesus. The smart man was instructed. The thirsty woman received living water. The blind beggar was healed. The grieving sister was comforted. And so it is that in many ways, their stories are our stories. Their lives mirror our lives. In other words, they are human, just like we are. We are smart. We thirst. We are about many things. Blind. And we grieve. And in essence, they all end up at the same place that you and I end up, at the foot and cross of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, where there is instruction, where there is living water, where there is healing, and where there is comfort. So let's talk about the smart man. Nicodemus was his name. He was a Pharisee a religious legal expert. He was educated. He was responsible for teaching the law to the people. And this smart man paid close attention to Jesus. He watched as Jesus performed miraculous signs. He listened as Jesus taught the people with authority. He recognized that Jesus was no ordinary man from Nazareth. And so he did what smart men do. He sought out more information. It should not be hard for us to put ourselves in the shoes of the smart man. After all, we are smart, are we not? Very smart, as a matter of fact. Our collective knowledge is nothing short of astounding. Our understanding science and nature have led to cures for countless diseases. 
Try spending a day in the hospital talking with patients and not marveling at modern medicine. Or collective understanding of mathematics and physics has enabled humanity to develop technology which was unimaginable a generation ago. You see, we know so much. We're so smart. And what we don't know, we simply ask our phones. Our smartphones, we call them. Our gospel reading records their conversation now. Nicodemus came to Jesus during the night. See, he was smart enough to avoid the crowds. He began the conversation with Jesus by using a statement about what he already knew. This is how smart people often begin their conversations. Rabbi, Nicodemus said, we know you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do these signs unless God is with him. Now it's hard to know what Nicodemus expected Jesus to say after that. Perhaps he wanted Jesus to give it to him straight, to tell him exactly who he really was. Whatever he wanted, however, Jesus had other things in mind. Truly, truly I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Now it's safe to say that uh, this was not what Nicodemus expected to hear. The smart man did not understand. How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus went on, truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Again, the smart man did not follow. How can these things be? Well, at this point, Jesus appears to have become slightly impatient. Are you the teacher of Israel, and yet you do not understand these things? In other words, I thought you were smart. But Nicodemus remained silent. He stopped talking. He stopped asking questions. And he listened. He simply listened to Jesus. We have already been told, we already understand, that this is probably Nicodemus' smartest move yet. In this conversation with the smart man, Nicodemus, Jesus taught the most basic description of the gospel truth in all of Scripture. It is as if Jesus was saying, Okay, Nicodemus, I'm going to make this very simple for you. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. We are a smart generation. And I'm very thankful for how much we know. I'm very thankful to enjoy the blessings of scientific discoveries and technological inventions and when we refer to Nicodemus, there is nothing smarter than the simple truth in these two verses that Christ lays out for us in the Gospel of St. John. So dearly beloved in Christ, let's not overcomplicate it. Let's not add to the Gospel message. 
Let's not say, oh, the gospel is good, but, and then try to add to it with our own human wisdom. Let's not seek out another way to the gospel. Let's not seek out another gospel as as if this one is somehow incomplete or unsatisfactory in our own daily lives. Let's not add to it by our works or by our self-righteousness for anything and everything else other than this gospel is no gospel. And it leads us away from the gospel of Jesus Christ. God loved this world so much that he sent his only son, first to Israel and then to all, including you and me. This message, this proclamation is now for everyone. That is the story that we tell. He sent his son to teach us. He sent his son to forgive us the weights and the punishments and the guilt that we carry. He sent his son to heal us from the wounds that are exposed of us, the hurts that we have been wronged against. And he sends us to comfort us in his son, Jesus Christ. He sent his son to die and to rise, to return for us. And then, if that's not enough, he gave us his promise of where we could now find him. We don't have to go looking far. Through the means of grace, through the word and the sacraments, he gives us that forgiveness in bread and wine, body and blood. In the water and word of holy baptism, as we witnessed last week, he has sealed us as his own children. To know and to believe this simple truth, that's smart. It's God's holy word. What more could you possibly want from your God other than to know he loves you? Other than to know he forgives you in the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ? That's it. He's not angry at you. He's not unjust or unfair. He doesn't give us what we deserve, but rather instead he gives us more grace. After his late night conversation with Jesus, Nicodemus is mentioned only twice in the New Testament, John 7 and John 19. In 19th chapter of John, it was immediately after Jesus' death, Nicodemus helped wrap Christ's lifeless body. And I wonder what he was thinking as he performed this loving and caring service to our Lord. I wonder if Jesus' words from their late night conversation were ringing in his ears as he walked out of that garden with Joseph of Arimathea, leaving behind now the one who had raised others from the dead. I wonder if this smart man understood Jesus and would give life through his own death and resurrection. Now I'd like to think that Nicodemus understood. I'd like to think that the words of the word made flesh from that late night encounter echoed in his ears and created faith in his heart. But you know what? Nicodemus's faith or lack thereof doesn't really matter. The words of the word made flesh echo in your ears when you hear in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. The words of the word made flesh echo in your ears when you hear forgiven. 
The words of the Lord made flesh echo in your ears when we hear, given and shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. And the Holy Spirit works through those words, through the proclamation for you and I to understand clearly how much God loves us, forgives us. God loves the world so that he gave. The Holy Spirit works through the word for you and I to now trust this incredible promise as the only thing we need for salvation. This makes us smart, makes us wise to salvation and the ways of God. When Paul wrote to St. Timothy, he wrote, and it applies to us whether from infancy or from an adult, Paul wrote, and how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. Sit And listen, this is the basic truth that we confess. This is the incredible promise of Christ that we trust, making us smart in the ways of God. Amen. And may the peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus, our Lord and Savior. Amen. Hi, Pastor Sai here. I hope this message was encouraging for you. At Riverbend Lutheran Church, our goal is to support Christians in their daily walk with God and in proclaiming the love of Christ to a lost and broken world. We're a small and inviting congregation welcoming any and all who are sinful, hurting, seeking, or simply broken. Whether you're already a Christian and are looking for a church home or you're undecided about your faith and looking for answers, you are welcome here. We have a number of programs for all ages and walks of life. Sunday mornings we have worship followed by educational programs for all ages. Join us. For more information, you can visit us online at www.riverbendlutheran.com, call us at 780-430-7382, or email me at pastor at riverbendlutheran.com. Better yet, stop in for a visit. Until then, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord look upon you with his favor and grant you his peace.